0: Philippians, chapter 4, verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever.
1: Thanks very much. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the truth that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So Lord, change us by your word and spirit to be generous givers in response to the fact that you gave everything for us. We ask this for the sake of your work here and around the world and for your glory. Amen. Well, let's dive straight into Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 20, on page 982. And my first point is, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. If you remember nothing else from this talk, remember that. You can't outgive God, which is a summary of verses 18 to 19. Paul writes, I am well supplied, having received the gifts you sent, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Paul says, You met my one need, and God is going to meet all your needs. You can't outgive God. I began to learn this when I went to train with the Josh McDowell Ministry in America. I had to pay for two return airfares. I didn't have the 1,200 pounds, but I bought them in faith. The next day, someone put that same amount through my door. The day I landed in Texas, a 10,000 check was given to meet my need for the year. You can't outgive God. Now, don't get the uh, wrong idea. This is not about having a holiday in America that you can't afford, it's about giving and the blessings of giving, and that you can't outgive God. Isn't that encouraging? Well, let me add a further encouragement from Philippians. I thank God for you. Ken's mentioned this already. But you might not have been expecting me to say that. And I'm not trying to butter you all up for this giving review. But I genuinely do thank God for each and every one of you. For your partnership in the gospel, as Paul puts it back in chapter 1. For your giving and serving, which has meant that we've been able to show God's love for this community through CAP, the Middle Eastern group, Kids Zone, Fry Up, Holiday Club, Walking Group, etc., etc. Yes, it's God who gives the growth, but he wants us to be involved in giving And sharing in our partnership in the gospel. And that means not just giving our treasure. But also our time and talents. In response to all that God has done for us. In the Lord Jesus Christ. You see we're here to share the love of Christ. With each other. And with those who don't yet know him. In the power of the spirit. And love is more than a noun. It's a verb. It's more than a feeling. It's caring, sharing, giving, helping, and sacrificing. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 to 15, we read of the ultimate in sharing. Jesus Christ, God the Son, shared in our humanity. If he hadn't, we'd all be lost. In response, how can we not be generous givers and willing to share? The materially poor church at Philippi have been generous and willing to partner with Paul to support his preaching and church planting ministry. And this letter is a thank you letter from Paul to them. He thanks them for their sharing in his troubles, verse 14. And for their sharing in the matter of giving and receiving, sending him aid again and again, verses 15 and 16. And God doesn't want us to stop giving and growing as a church and sharing the love of Christ with the community around us for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of this needy region where less than 1% of the population are in Bible-believing churches, and indeed the world, and for His glory. The question is, will we again share in what God is calling us to do? Now, the Philippians, verse 10, have been concerned for Paul and his gospel ministry, but recently have had no opportunity to show it until now and here at St. Joseph's this giving review is an opportunity to show your concern by giving regularly and generously to the work here and overseas by filling in the response forms that came with that giving pack through the post if you'd like some help in managing your money we offer the excellent and free cap money course which starts at our partner church at Justin Parish Church on Monday, the 24th of February. John Wesley said, earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. You see, the continued growth under God of this church won't be cheap. True Christian growth never is. But as we'll see from verses 17 to 20, there'll be many blessings too. Church decline would be cheaper, but far more costly spiritually. So will we continue to be like the Philippians, generous and willing partners in the gospel, or like the other churches who didn't partner financially in Paul's ministry Look at verse 15. When I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. We live in urgent times. The preaching of the whole gospel is under threat here in the UK, as you may have seen with regard to Franklin Graham's visit. But God is sovereign. And there are fresh gospel opportunities in this new decade, not least in church planting. The gospel brings hope and change. And under God, we need to be working not just for today, not just for this generation, but for future generations too. But we also need to learn the secret of true contentment. Otherwise, we'll always be struggling to grow in our generosity and willingness to partner financially in gospel ministry. So secondly, the secret of true contentment. The world says that one of the secrets of being content lies in having more things. Adverts tell us, don't they, that we need retail therapy. But that's ultimately a lie. You can have everything you've ever wanted and still feel desperately empty. Paul learned that the secret of being content wasn't things, but rather a relationship with Jesus Christ. Look at verses 11 and 12. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, And I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And what's the secret he's learned? What's the secret of being content we're to learn? Well, look at verse 13. That I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me. In other words, we can meet all circumstances with contentment through Christ. Who needs to hear and learn that today? You're a Christian, but life's not easy. Well, you can do all things through Christ, who gives you strength. In fact, that's what God wants you to learn through the situation you're facing right now. Perhaps you're not yet a believer. You know that you don't have true contentment. Well, why not trust Christ this morning and begin to learn the secret of being content in Him in, and every situation. You see, another myth that the world puts out is that all you need is within yourself. But Paul is clear. We're not self-sufficient, but Christ-sufficient. No matter what challenges lie ahead, Jesus is big enough to meet them. To be content in need, or in plenty, in whatever situation we face, isn't the product of human skill. The secret isn't us. It's Jesus in us. The strength that Christ gives is sufficient for anything that we face in life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Christ, Paul also had discipline of self to be content with what he had and a deep trust in God to provide for what he really needed. Now, note that Paul says he'd learned to be content. True contentment isn't something we have overnight, he'd learned the secret test by test. Contentment doesn't come easily. It takes discipline. For example, we must decide not to covet, like Paul in verses 11 and 17, who didn't covet the Philippians' gifts. Covetousness had been a problem for him. But in Christ, his heart was weaned away from things and became holy gods. In fact, the opposite of contentment is is covetousness. But remember, the person who has Christ has everything. Paul had also learned to be content because he'd learned to trust God. He was contented because God is trustworthy. Look at verse 19. He will meet our need to the full. His supply won't be limited to the size of our need, but according to His riches in Christ. Indeed, one factor which makes for contentment is the generosity of others, as the Lord uses the resources of one to meet the needs of the other. But true contentment also leads to generous sharing. So thirdly and finally, the blessings of gospel partnership. Did you know that partnership in the gospel brings blessings not only to others, but also to the givers? And it blesses God. First, these verses tell us that the Lord uses generous Christians to help meet the needs of others and his work. Christian sharing in gospel ministry is a blessing to others. Paul writes, verse 10, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you revived your concern for me. Secondly, Christian sharing in gospel ministry also brings blessing to those who share. Now we give in response to what Christ has given and done for us. We can't earn our salvation. That comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. Everything received is a gift of God's grace. But consistent, generous, and sacrificial giving lays up treasure in heaven. Generous giving isn't all about meeting the needs of others and of St. Joseph's, but also about the spiritual growth of the givers and the spiritual interest that will be credited to their account. Paul says so in verse 17. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. You see, Paul was chiefly concerned with how their gift would affect them spiritually. He sees their gift as an investment that will pay them rich spiritual dividends. It's a deposit in the bank of heaven that will multiply at compound interest to their advantage. The Lord keeps the books and will never fail to pay one spiritual dividend, (coughs) unlike fluctuating stock markets and pension funds. Their generosity was an indicator of their spiritual health. So how is your spiritual health? How is mine? Are you laying up treasure in heaven or on earth? Thirdly, generous Christian sharing is a gift to God as well. It blesses God. In verse 18, Paul abandons the language of accounting and takes up the language of worship. The Philippians' gifts are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. In the Bible, the fragrant offering or burnt offering expresses obedient consecration to God. And God delights in his people, dedicated to himself. So Paul teaches here that when Christians take note of Christian needs and generously sacrifice to meet them, it is for God the burnt offering all over again. And he delights to accept it. And finally, verse 19. What the Philippians have given to God will be amply repaid by him from the limitless resource of his riches in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. As I said previously, Paul says, you met the one need that I have, but God will meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ. Through the Philippians, Paul's need had been met by God. And now Paul says that God will meet all their needs, though, of course, not their greeds. And God will meet them according to or as befits his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, not merely out of his riches. Do you see the difference? A millionaire may donate 1,000 pounds out of his riches. Do you see the difference? But compared to his wealth, It's tiny. God's giving is in proportion to his infinite resources. It's given to his glorious, it's according, sorry, to his glorious riches in Christ. We needn't be in any way afraid of giving generously and proportionately to God's work here and to world mission. Whatever our income, partnership in the gospel does bring blessing. We can trust God. We can't outgive God. God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Glory be to our God and Father forever and ever. Oh man